This episode is full of spoilers and contains some not-so-super language. Welcome to the end of time. I'm Dave Michaels. I'm Brian Betts. And we are the Cape Lokis, I yeah, guess. Sure. Because we're still all Lokis. I'm Everybody's not ready to give it up. We can't give it up. Just because it's season finale, I'm not letting go. Definitely not. I'll be a Loki till the day I die. Or, you know, find the end of time. Or? Whichever comes first. Find just a different timeline. Be another Loki. You don't know. You don't know even who you are right now. We're all in an identity crisis. God damn it, I wish I was Alligator Loki. <laughs> we all wish we were Alligator Loki. I can't believe this show's over already. It feels like it just started, but now it's over. I agree. It, it went by really fast. We are talking about the season finale of Loki on Disney Plus this week. It is called For All Time Always, which is just so damn appropriate. So good. Uh, the Time Variance Authority's actual catchphrase. We should probably just get right into this thing because so much happens. So much, and yet, not a whole lot. But at the same time, everything. Right. It leaves the door open, but also there's infinite doors. There's so many doors. We start out, as we always do now, with no Marvel fanfare again. We got it for two weeks in a row. I wasn't expecting it at all. Instead, we get like a quote montage of all things MCU, and then some weird historical real-world speech thrown in there also, and Cap and Peggy's old-timey music playing in the background. It's weird. It's uh, There's a lot going on. I, I kind of love it. I found it jarring. I d- at first I did, but then I realized what they were doing. They were like, okay, the timeline all at once. It's all of the MCU happening as we, you know, scroll through the cosmos. One of those, like, as you know and love, let's break it. Yeah. We do a lot of weird space stuff. I almost said spacey stuff, but that's all sorts of Kevin Spacey now. Can't do that. Can't do that. (laughs) It's illegal. He's a horrible, horrible human being. He should be put down. Wow. Bring him to your local vet. Have him spayed and neutered. And then put him down. I want to walk into that vet's office and I want to see that creepy candle of, hey, keep it quiet. Someone's saying goodbye to their pet. But instead of a pet, it's Kevin fucking Spacey getting put down. And still, you gave him the middle name. Well, he deserves it for Superman Returns. We've <laughs> talked about this before. And Baby Driver. He's so good at Baby Driver. They're doing some sort of weird spacey shit, like 2001. That's the direction I should have gone the first time. Yeah, that would have. <laughs> <laughs> There's like this bright ring that's, well, ring-like. It's a circle. And it's surrounding this weird castle, this citadel. And it is the sacred timeline. Sylvie and Loki are at the front door of this thing, talking about kicking it in, and Sylvie's kind of having a weird, it I, seems like a identity crisis almost, because she's at the end of her journey in a lot of ways. Like, this is what she's been waiting for her whole life, Yeah, now she's here! Yeah, it's all coming to a head, and she's having that moment of hesitance, like, all right, this this is what I've been waiting for. This is it? This is the castle? I just gotta... And she's like, Loki, hey, if you have any any reservations here, let me know now, you know, before, before I do all this. 
I feel like you've come too far to have reservations. Absolutely. At that point, you're at the end of time, standing in front of this random castle. The only only way out is through. The door opens up before she gets a chance to kick it in. She walks inside, and then we get a Miss Minutes jump scare. How about that? Which I was not expecting to ever have to say out loud with my mouth. <laughs> a Miss Minutes jump scare. It happens, you know? It absolutely does happen. It's the theme of, of phase four so far. It's just the, the random thing that lights the screen up real quick, and you go, ah, was that a vision with a hole in his head? Was that a, a random vehicle crash? It's just, you know, jump scares in phase four. That's what we're doing. And crying people. We'll get there. We will absolutely get there. I'm sure there's going to be more jump scares when Sam Raimi gets his hands on whatever he's doing. Oh, we can only hope. Miss Minutes welcomes them to the Citadel at the end of time, and she says, he's impressed. And they're like, who? And she says, he who remains. And that is an ominous name. It sure is. Miss Minutes goes on to offer both the Lokis everything they ever wanted. She offers to put both of them back into the sacred timeline. If anybody can figure it out, it's, it's he who remains. And then the TVA can continue their work. Well, she suggests two Lokis on the same timeline, because he who remains can figure out how to make that work, which is, as we know, is insane. Absolutely wild. That's what breaks things. That Yeah, that's that's not how any of this works. But she claims that whoever this guy is, he's got the power. She offers Loki winning the Battle of New York and the Infinity Gauntlet and killing Thanos and all of the ga- that good stuff. She offers Sylvie happy memories. <laughs> it seems like she's getting the raw end of the deal. Loki tells Miss Minutes that they just want free will, and she's like, well, good luck with that, and disappears. Not what you want no. from a weird celestial hologram. It's uh, way more ominous than her popping up out of nowhere is her just going, ha have fun, and disappearing. Back at the TVA, Ravona's downloading files onto like this temp pad, and Miss Minutes is uh, quote-unquote helping. Yeah, she, she shows up. She's like, I had some other stuff to take care of, but I'm here now doing the download. Ravona recognizes, hey, Miss Minutes, these aren't the files I asked you for. Miss Minutes is like, no, no, no. He said these are going to be more useful. It's like, oh, oh, Miss Minutes is just this weird, creepy tool at this point. Yeah. That has way too many hours for a clock on her. (laughs) 15 hours in a day. As we all know. Everybody knows it. But Tara fucking strong here. Oh, man. Absolutely crushing it. Somehow being charming and terrifying all at once. That's kind of the running theme for this whole episode. Sure is. We'll get there. Back at the Citadel at the end of time, Loki and Sylvie continue through the castle. We get to a room where there's four statues. Yeah, I'm going to talk about the statues, Dave. They're normal sized. They are normal sized, but there's four of them. Three of them are the timekeepers that we know and recognize from the TVA. Right. And the fourth one is smashed because they don't want us to know who this is just yet for another couple seconds. All right. Way to... Drag us along there, Marvel, briefly. So they're walking through the room, and a noise happens over by the elevator door, and it's the elevator. How about that? (laughs) Elevator making elevator noises. Ooh, spooky. Scary stuff. The elevator door opens, and there we have Jonathan fucking Majors. Hey, he's rumored for a certain role, isn't he? He sure is. In the immortal words of the WWE, it's Kang! It's Kang! <laughs> uh, Except it's sort of not. But we'll get there. We'll get there. Sort of not. We'll get there. We'll get there. They're like, oh, it's you. He who remains. 
And he's like, oh, is she still calling me that? I kind of like it. <laughs> I dig it. This it's guy. Cool name. Already, even in his reveal, we're, we're getting weird signals from this guy because you don't get that classic villain reveal that's like ominous. He's just chilling out, sitting down in an elevator. like Just eating an apple. Yeah. like oh, Just hey. a green apple. And he's like, yeah, looks hey awesome. My purple cloak. And sure does. Deal with it. He invites Loki and Sylvie up to his office to talk. Sylvie tries to kill him in the elevator, but uh, he teleports out of the way. Because after all, he, he is the one who remains. He still will remain. He's living up to his name. He continues to remain. They get up to his office. He pours tea for the Lokis, and they cautiously sit down. I like drinking tea from weird strangers at the end of time Citadel Tower, too. Well, I mean, if they know how you take it, two sugars. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> back in the TVA, Mobius is back. Oh, wow. No. Absolutely not. He's back in the TVA. Sorry. You get, you get shocked. Don't kachow. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> he surprises Ravona. He's like, I'm back, baby. <laughs> and she's like, What are you doing? You don't know anything that's going on. And he holds up the weird pen that they focused way too hard on four episodes ago that they forgot about until now. Chekhov's the pen. High school one, exactly. And he says, I know your secret. And Ravona's like, Cool. I need backup, but backup's not coming. We flash back to Fremont, Ohio, 2018. So long ago. The TVA are chasing B-15 at this school, this high school. Random Hunter's going to follow her into the office. We get to see a Rebecca Torname. Is that, is that how we're going to say it? Torname? I believe that's her name in the comics. It's an alias for sure, but Ohio State University. Oh. She went there, I o -H. guess. Oh, H. No. I'm not, not finishing that. that. I That's refuse. Fair. That's fair. But we get to see a non-variant, like the real life Rebecca, Ravona, whatever we want to call her in the scene. She enters. She's like, hey, what are you doing? Because, you know, she had a life. She's a variant. She, she's Yeah. And that was her as a person. And she was like, I don't know what you people are dressed up like that for. So it's good that we got some backstory, sort of. A little bit, kind of. Back at the Citadel at the end of time. Kang, we're going to call him Kang. It's just easier to call it's him Kang. It's just so much easier to call him Kang. Because he never names himself, and that's, what what a Marvel move. <laughs> it really is. Kang explains to the Lokis that he knows what's going to happen before it happens. That's how he keeps dodging death every time Sylvie lunges at him. Well, he has the printout sheet that we saw in the first episode of when Loki's talking and they're saying, sign this is everything ever said. Yeah. And he shows him that sheet in a weird sort of way. And it has everything that they've said so far. He's like, I know what's going to happen. Then he goes into his briefcase, pulls out more sheets. Like, this is also going to happen. Yeah. there's to play this game all minutes. <laughs> all minutes. <laughs> he tells the Lokis that he paved the road for them to get there, and they just walked down it. Everything that they've done so far has been destiny. For them breaking everything, it has been predetermined that they would be breaking everything exactly how it's gone. Or... So Kang tells us. Can we talk about Jonathan Majors? Oh, you mean the man who's having the most fun on screen ever of all time ever in the history of, all of time. anything? And that somehow guy? still being so damn intimidating. His performance is insane. Oh, I man. loved it. Every and second of it. We're going to get there. I want to talk about something that happens shortly. It's huge. We'll get there. All right, we'll get there. He tells the Lokis, you know you can't get to the end until you've been changed by the journey, which is just so meta and fun. It is meta, and it's weird because it's really talking about the hero's journey, right. of all things. And 
that's not really what we should be dealing with with Loki. And this show is about to remind us of that. Yes. But first, back in the TV. <laughs> Ravona feels betrayed by Mobius. She turns the table back on him. Wow. Oh. <laughs> she says that he trusted the variants over her. And they've had like eons of friendship. So what are you doing, Mobius? Yeah, what's what the are deal? you doing? What's the deal? You left weird whiskey rings on my table. We had moments together. Yeah, what, what is the, what's the rule? 43 or something? Never, never leave another crasher behind? It's exactly it. No excuses. Play like a champion. Exactly. Mobius realizes he's got no other choices left, so he says, I got to prune you. Ravona says, yeah, go for it. I <laughs> dare you to. And it does not go well for Mobius. Even with your pruny stick, you're no threat to me, Mobius. He goes to th- thrust at her with the pruny stick, and she just throws him down. She's got the pruny stick, and Mobius is like, yeah, well, I deserve this. Go for it. All right, send me back. She won't do it. Instead, she opens a portal. Portals her ass out of there. She says, I'm going to go search for free will. And we're like, okay, I guess you could just sort of do that. Sure. I <laughs> didn't know that was an option. <laughs> that seems like the best option yeah. that the show has been talking about the whole time, and you just did it? She's like, oh, you know what? You're right. I'm going to change my mind right now. Back at the Citadel at the end of time, Kang says he's from the 31st century. Further cementing that it's Kang. It's Kang. It's 100% Kang, but it's also not quite Kang. But also not quite Kang. He has this awesome morphing metal that he uses from his own weird tempad hand lit. It's like a it's like a, a watch, but it's on his hand. Like you call it a handlet. Yeah, it's not even a real word. It's like a bracelet. I, I love it. For your hands. I don't <laughs> I don't know what I was going for, but it in my head it sounded right. It sounded awesome to everyone else. It didn't. He knows it though. He know I'm looking at his face and he knows it didn't sound awesome. Go go on with your awesome handlet, Brian. Yeah, well, he's got cool little metal guys on his desk acting out everything he says and that's neat if you can handle it. <laughs> if you can handle it. Ah. Uh, Basically, the Council of Kangs, which is not what he calls it, obviously, it began as a benevolent group, using each other's worlds to further their own scientific understanding and, and you know, peaceful and harmony and all that good stuff. And like, hey, I like your shoes. <laughs> but then there were evil Kangs, and all they wanted to do was rule other Earths, which led to a huge multiversal war. Which I hope we get to see so badly. Really hope we get to see it. If not that one... The one that's coming in the future, hopefully. Shh, don't say it. It's a secret. Okay, I will not talk about the non-publicized war. Perfect, good. Each Kang variant, obviously, defending their own world. Until this Kang, who again, not not Kang yet. This Kang, who's not Kang. Cannot stress enough that it is Kang, but it's not Kang. Exactly. Are you following? He's kind of immortacy. Kind of, but also not. But he also is he who remains. He goes through his names. He does. Which is pretty neat. Except- does not say Kang. He does not say Amor. Like, yeah, no, I've been called all sorts of stuff. I've been called he who remains, a ruler, a conqueror, a jerk. Which is great. I love it. Basically, he harnessed the Eliath, weaponized it, ended the war, killing all the other universes, univi? Univi? Universe, universi. Nailed it. First try. They had a treaty of universi, and <laughs> this is now the only one who remains. So he created the TVA and the timekeepers and, you know, to maintain peace and order and to prevent further cosmic warfare. Or so he says. Right. 
according to him, there's really nobody there to fact check him. He tells the two Lokis, Sylvie and Loki, you got two options. You can either kill me, not Kang, but sort of Kang, and then you're going to have just infinite devils running around, and that's probably not great. Or you guys could run the timeline. You could take over my job. I'm old. I'm tired. I'm over it. I just want to eat apples and look cool. I love that he's just like, yeah, this year, running the universe, it's a young man's game. <laughs> I love that line so much. It's amazing. He says that he's been looking for the right person to take over his spot, and I did not realize that we were going to get a weird Willy Wonka crossover <laughs> with the MCU when it comes <laughs> to running the universe. Hey, you guys survived my weird factory of terror. Come with me, and you'll see just a shitload of Kangs. <laughs> Maybe. Potentially. Maybe. If you choose the killing of me, maybe. Also, they're not, they're, well, we don't know if they'll be Kangs. They're probably Kangs. This is so complicated. It's insanely complicated. But also not. Sylvie's still like, he's lying. Why should we believe him? This is crazy. And he tells her to grow up. Direct quote. And then he calls her a murderer and a hypocrite. Right. He says that she can't trust anybody. That's her biggest problem. Yes. And it looks like it hits a nerve. And Loki's biggest problem is that he can't be trusted. Aren't these two a pair? Kang's like, we're all villains and we've all done terrible, unspeakable things. But now you have a chance to do them for a good reason. I love how this show reminds us that we're looking at villains. Yes. Because it is not felt that way. No. And there are little snippets that remind us that he's definitely an anti-hero. Don't forget it. But I like how not Kang just openly says, we're all villains here. We did bad stuff. There's we no denying. Do it, it for good, though, right? That's how it works. Yeah, I mean, like I killed several universi of people, but it was all to keep this one universe alive. So you know, the good. Next, they have this weird moment where Kang kind of freezes up. The camera very slowly pans in onto Kang, and there's just like an audible cue. Yeah, it's almost like the Wandavision scenes from the first two episodes where they break the format. It feels a lot like that. You're absolutely right. But there's a weird audio cue of like a bump almost. Yeah, or like a thunder or something. And then the camera starts to back out again off of Kang. Kang picks up something from his desk and drops it. It felt a lot like a totem from Inception in a lot of ways. <laughs> and he says, so I totally fibbed about knowing everything that's going to happen because we just crossed the threshold. And now I have no idea. I knew everything up until about six, seven, eight, nine, ten seconds ago. I love how you have a room of three people that you can't trust and the audience can't trust. Yeah. You don't know what the truth is ever in this show. No clue at any point. It is so difficult to build a show around lying and around unreliable narrators. And they just did that. They sure did. And- Boy, did they. Kang says, you guys got to decide what, we, what you want to do at this point, because the timeline is now branching. You can see it out the window behind me. If yep. you look real hard, you can see the branching. To which Sylvie goes, you're lying. I'm going to kill you. To which Kang says, reincarnation, baby. Let's do it. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I really don't care what happens here, because either you guys continue my life's work, or you kill me, unleash a multiverse of my variants, and here I am again. Sylvie tries to kill Kang. Loki tries to stop her. They do the fighty thing. Obviously. You know, whenever I can't see eye to eye with someone in a particular situation, instead of stopping and talking about it, I go right to sword fighting. 
Sometimes you just got to go right to the sword fight. When all else fails. Blades are cool. On guard. Sylvie kind of wins this fight, and then she's getting real close to, to, you know, killing the Kang, but then- We see it, because it's slow motion. Super slow motion. Zack Snyder showed up for one day. And one day like, on set. You know what you guys should do here? Super slow motion. <laughs> but Loki teleports in front of Sylvie. He drops his sword to show that, hey, look, I'm not trying to fight you. And she's got her sword to his throat. And he's like, hey, listen, I'm not here because I want the throne. And I, I don't want to kill you. I just want you to be okay. And then they do the kiss. Yeah. They do the kiss thing. It's a very mature way of Loki talking to her. They do the kiss. Nothing breaks further because they're kind of out of time at this point, right. literally. After they do the kiss, Sylvie kind of pulls back again. She says, "Now I'm not you, though. And then she kicks Loki through a portal back to the TVA. And man, that look from Loki as he gets oh, yeah. through the portal is just like, well, shit, nothing I can do now. <laughs> I'm so conditioned through years of the MCU to be waiting for Loki to do the old switcheroo and betray the person he's talking to. And he didn't do it. And you, they remind you right here that Sylvie is a Loki because she does it. And it's like, ah, how did I not see that coming? She absolutely does it. And this show reminds you of how conditioned you are because Sylvie just walks up to Kang and just stabs him. And it is so anticlimactic yeah. that it is so terrifying and so foreboding. And Kang just says, I'll see you soon. And, he and then he winks. dies. The wink is just like, oh, oh God. Oh, my God, Jonathan. Fucking majors. I can't wait to say that name more. Absolutely. Oh, man. I just got chills. Kang dies. The camera goes to the window, and you see the timelines just keep branching. Just going berserk. That's not what you want. He was telling the truth. It seems as Probably. though he was most likely telling the truth. I feel like when you have the reaction of like, Oh, you killed me. Wink. That's that's usually the sign that like, oh, this guy wasn't well, he wasn't fucking kidding. Nope. He he told me he was fibbing earlier. He did not tell me it this time. Yep. He's like, I'm being candid. The, I remember him saying that now that I've stabbed him and uh oh. Back at the TVA for the last time this season, Mobius and B fifteen, they're looking at this timeline on the screen. And they're like, For all time? Always? All right, we'll say it again. Yeah. Why not? Why That's not? weird for us to say. <laughs> After everything we've been through, we get to see Loki crying and Tom Hiddleston acting. He is. He gets that quick look of like, ah, oh, back to action. <laughs> I need to spring into action and, you know, go to the next thing. And he starts running through the archives again, which is just an unnerving shot because you get that space in between the bookshelves yes. of just black as you're going through the aisles. And it changes, and it makes your head really uncomfortable. It's really well edited, really well shot. It is. He gets up to Mobius. He says, you can't stop this. You can't stop what's happening. To which they say, who's trying to stop it? And he's like, we, we freed the timeline. We went to the end of time. There was the dude. We did the thing. And then Mobius says, also, who are you? What department are you with? Oh, my heart. And then we see Loki looking at a giant Kang statue. Proper Kang. Proper Kang, he is not in the same timeline that he Ooh. left before. This is not the same Mobius. This is not the same B-15. We got ourselves a multiverse, folks. Oh, snap. And that is the end of 
season one of Loki. And we know that because there is a post-credit <laughs> scene. Kind of. Kind of. It is a file, a case file of Loki Laufusen, and then someone just stamps, the, uh, the well, a stamp, a stamp. onto it. <laughs> As you and do. it says, like, James Bond style, Loki will return season two. Bam. There it is. Boom. Confirmation. We're done, except we're not. We have just begun. We sure have. Uh, this changes everything? Yes. Uh, things cannot go back to the way they ever were ever again after what we just witnessed. No, they, they would have to do some, some weird stuff to, to make everything okay again there, like reinstate a Kang. Or a lot of Kangs. Right. We don't know. We have no idea. It's just, wow. When you look at the effect that WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier had on the wider MCU, this thing has just blown everything out of the water. WandaVision broke a lot of things because it messed with time, it messed with space, but it kept the story very contained to a town. Did it end up messing part. with time? It did because uh, it messed with the audience with time because when we saw the first right. couple episodes of right. that, we're literally going decade to decade and it, the whole mystery was figuring out why and how. Right, but it was all part of Wanda's illusion. Correct. When we get to Falcon the Winter Soldier, we get a very A to B story. It's a passing of the mantle. It's a passing of one of the most iconic things that exists within the MCU. It's the shield. It's a title. It's the morals. It's the ethics. Absolutely. Yes. It's the symbol and living up to the symbol. We have just broken open this phase completely. And we do have one movie that has come out within this phase. Right. With Black Widow, it's officially out. Disney Plus, you can get premiere access. Go to your theater if it's open. But the phase is now officially open in my mind. I think this is the moment that it goes, okay, yeah, that is what we're doing now. We have a lot of different timelines. It is branched. We have an official multiverse. We know there's a multiverse of madness coming in March right. with Doctor Strange. It makes me so curious to see where Shang-Chi is going to fit into it now. It makes me think that what if might actually be canon. Go. Oh, I, I mean, I've been saying that for a while now. You have been. I didn't believe you because traditionally it's not. Right. Uh, yeah. As far as the comics are concerned, it's definitely not. But now, now we're, we're getting into some multiverse fuckery. We are. And it's going to make Spider-Man No Way Home now, well, like the rumors that we've heard about the production oh, of it. Oh, boy. They might be real. <laughs> there is a very good chance that everything we've heard about that movie could happen now. They just cracked this thing wide open. And as a fan and somebody who loves watching this stuff and talking about it and just living within the universe that they've created... I could not be happier. Yeah, it's um, it's good to see that they still have stakes to raise after the Infinity Saga. And they showed that those stakes might not have been anything at all, also, within this show, which is nuts. Which is wild. I'm happy I don't get to ask you what do you think comes next, because we actually have no idea. There's no way to There's know. nothing to go off of. We have to wait till the next thing. I'm going to say Kang. <laughs> I think you're absolutely right for obvious reasons. <laughs> How do you think Mephisto plays into all this? Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> I don't and think we'll know. more importantly, how do you think AIM plays into all this? Oh, AIM is behind all of it. <laughs> the hexagon's the beat suit! It's gotta be AIM. I'm so excited to just go forward to the next thing. I can't wait. And I also can't wait that we're going back to normal episodes. Regular Our programming. working break is over. <laughs> we're doing the thing again. We are absolutely doing the thing again. Brian, I'll ask you, 
What are we talking about next week? Next week, we're going to be talking about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. Seemed like the perfect one to come back on. I mean, it just makes sense. We've been talking about time shenanigans and whatnot, and, well, those those green boys, they might not be alligators, but... They're not, sadly, but good enough. <laughs> it seemed like an easy transition, you know? It's still green, still messing with timelines. Close enough. It makes us feel like... We're at home in our Loki-verse still, so we're kind of easing our way back. Exactly. Perfect. Next week, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. Until then, be sure to rate, review, subscribe on whatever podcast platform you follow us on. Like and follow us on all of our social media, at Kate Podcasters. The links to those pages you can find on katepodcasters.com. And you can follow us on Patreon for our monthly exclusive not-so-super movies. Like this month, we did Chasing Amy. It's a fun one. It's so much fun. And Two white straight guys talking about a, an LGBTQ sensitive film. I'm what could go still wrong? pulling eggshells out of my feet. <laughs> and next month, Jaws. Damn right, Jaws. 45th anniversary. Felt like the perfect time to talk about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. So, I mean, I know Shark Week just ended, but, you know, keep that energy up for another month. Hey, man. Like Tracy Jordan said, 30 Rock. <laughs> Live every week like it's Shark Week. Exactly. If you have anything you want to talk about, remember to keep the spoilers off of our social media pages for a little while longer before before we, you know, before it's been a reasonable amount of time for people to have seen everything. If you question that it's too soon, it's too, it's soon. too soon. Absolutely. Like if you're sending people articles before the episode has been out for like a few hours, you know who you are, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Speaking of that son of a bitch, we got a couple emails, Dave. <laughs> Email is where you should keep your spoilery stuff. Um We've got a couple good ones this week. First up, we got a really quick email from Micah. Oh, the spoiler guy. The spoiler oh, that guy. guy himself. That guy, perfect. Just goes around spoiling post credits for people so that has no impact <laughs> on them at all. Yeah, let's hear what Micah has to say. The email is titled, You Cowards. Of course it is. Of course. I hate this gag, and I love it, but I mostly hate it. Micah says, cover Euro Trip for Patreon, You Cowards. Did I do that right? It's not a bad pick. It's not a bad pick. <laughs> and I really appreciate the brevity of the email. He's like the anti-ginger skull. He really just shortened it up, got right to the point, got out. Perfect. Well done. And maybe. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Davey doesn't know. I don't know if we're going to do it. Davey doesn't know. Love it. That Ravona we'll and me? Oh, wait. What? <laughs> I don't know. I was trying to tie it back to Loki. You did great. Because our second email... Is on the topic of Loki. It comes from Phil Hawkins again. Hey, Phil. He says, Guten Tag, boys. As we approach the conclusion of Loki, I wanted to give a shout out to all the women involved in the creation of the series. Which, yes. All the women in creation of what's going on on the television side of the MCU is insane. Yeah. He says, Director Kate Heron, composer Natalie Holt. Natalie fucking Holt. Cinematography, Autumn Durald. Casting, Sarah Halley Finn, who is the best in the business, and you cannot convince me otherwise. Agreed. Costume design, Christine Wada. Phenomenal costumes in this, in this show. Absolutely. Set decoration, Claudia Bonfi. And art direction was majority women on this show. I love it. So Phil Hawkins continues, repeat after me, this is why diversity is important. He's absolutely right. This show has an amazing style and tone, and it goes to show that the more diverse a talent pool you draw from, the better product you get. So much of art is a reflection of personal experience, if creative fields are limited to only white men, as mainstream cinema largely has been for history, it's like choosing to create in only one medium and ignoring the vastly different ways that the human experience can be interpreted. 
I hope Marvel continues to follow this path along the next phase of movies and television shows. Cheers, Phil. Phil, you absolutely nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. He says, P.S. The week after I stumped for Hudson Hawk, the movie's co-villain Richard E. Grant shows up as classic Loki in episode four, post-credits, and then knocks it out the park in episode five. That's not a clear enough indication by the time Lizard Overlords. <laughs> I don't know what is. He's not wrong also. So that is, that's two requests for, uh-huh. for movies. It's starting to fill up. And Was that a pun on Phil's name? No, it was not. <laughs> but I appreciate you picking that up. <laughs> Phil, you're absolutely right with everything that you just said. Yeah. Everything. Even, even the Hudson Hawk stuff. I can't believe that you're right about that too. Micah, Phil, thank you guys so much for writing in. Everyone, thank you for following us these six episodes as we talked about Loki, Disney Plus's Loki. Yes. People have reached out to me saying that they aren't even watching the show because they want to binge it, and they're going to listen to this as like companion episode as they go through the binge. So sure. They watch, listen, watch, listen, which is another cool way to do it. That's fine. Some folks aren't even watching the show, and they're just listening to us talk about it, and their minds are still getting blown about what's going on. Well, that's wild. Awesome. So everybody, thank you so much for coming on this journey. With us, thank you for keeping us company on our working break. Yeah. Break officially over, declared it. There it is. Ross and Rachel, no longer on a break. We're back. We're back. Brian, you got anything else? I just want to thank Jeff Miners for his uh, updated pledge on Patreon this month. Jeff, you're the best, buddy. But that's it for me. Fantastic. Next week, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. Same pod time? Same pod See you soon.